Welcome to the Resco Radio Talk. Hello everyone, your host Ivan Stanner here. I have the pleasure of welcoming Sam Kleidman back to the show today. Sam is the founder and principal advisor at Middlesex Consulting. He applies the methodologies and techniques associated with the customer value creation and service marketing professions. Today, we're going to look at the customer value and how to create it. Sam, welcome. How do you do? Hi, I'm good today. How are you, Ivan? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Good. So today we have a really interesting topic and something that I think is really close to your heart, and that's customer value, right? It, it, it's somewhere between my heart and my wallet, yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so I was thinking, it seems like the customer value plays a crucial role for companies and keeps a lot of executives busy on a daily basis. But it hasn't been the case all the time, right? How come? Because... Because customer value uh, doesn't have one owner. So, yeah, so a company has an engineering department, a software department, a quality department, manufacturing, and each one of those has a person in charge who then, when things go wrong or go right, whatever, go up to the CEO and say, let me tell you what's going on. But nobody does that for customer value creation. It's just... It, it's below the uh, the stage almost, and then you know it, it, it's there. It's everybody is working towards doing it, but they do it. A lot of people are doing it subconsciously, and there's no singular cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Is it also because of the case that we get busy with other stuff and don't really think about creating the best value for the customer? The priorities are different. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's really sad because if you don't create value for your customers, they go away and you don't get new ones. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, it, it ought to be job one, but yet everybody already has five job ones on their, on their short list. And then we have Teams and Zoom and that really messes everything up. So uh, very few people are really focused on creating value for customers. Mm -hmm. I read on one of your blogs at your website, uh, middlesexconsulting.com, for those of, of uh, people who would like to learn more about what you do and, and, and your company, uh, I really recommend to going over there. Uh, and you mentioned in the blog that something happened actually in 2019. What was that? Uh, that was... That in the annals of business, that was a big day when, when that happened. So there's an organization called the Business Roundtable. And this is made up of 200 or more CEOs, chairman of the board, um, maybe a couple of CFOs, but it's really, it's, it's a place for CEOs to get together with peers in different industries, different backgrounds, and, and, and network and learn and teach and identify problems that they can all work on and try to move the, the state of American business forward. So they, after a bunch of head beatings, no doubt, came out with a, uh, a statement about the purpose of a business. Uh, this isn't the first time they've done it. They've done that 
a number of times in the past. And in the past, it always was the purpose of a business is to create revenue for its shareholders. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the purpose. Well, this time they changed it and they made a fundamental change. And they said that the purpose of the business is to create value for our stakeholders, not the shareholders exclusively. And then they had a list of the stakeholders. Uh, and it was, I always forget one or two, but it, it was certainly the uh, employees, the customers, the um, suppliers, supplies, yeah, the supply chain. Communities. Uh, who, who did I miss? I think communities. Oh, yeah. Ah, the community, right. The communities, the world, and event, yeah. finally the stakeholders. And the shareholders, finally. Yeah. So, so now instead of shareholders being at the top of a pinnacle, the, the, these five broad uh, uh, stakeholders are now on a plateau, an equal plateau. And and because I'm an engineer, I look at things in a simplistic way at times. When they have a list that's either not, either in in alphabetical order or numbered, it means something. And if the list is appears random, that means somebody chose it and put the list down in the order of importance to the the author, and and, and so customers came out to be first, and share uh, shareholders were number five on their list. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the CEO said, "The world's got to change." Yeah, you know, we 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 owe the the world us. You know, worrying about sustainability and climate change and those kind of things. We owe our employees a, a return on their time and, and energy that they're investing in the company. And, and that was the whole process that they went through. And they finally came out with this. And it was really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it sounds like a fundamental change or shift, right? It, yes. Yep. Uh, Ex- except for the fact that there are a couple of reasons why it didn't become a fundamental shift. And why is that? Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm getting to it. <laughs> I, uh, but but it, it takes a while to build up because it, it really was kind of hidden. There are two reasons. One, the people who signed this document were mostly CEOs. And mostly did not discuss this with their board or the chairman of the board. So this document is the combined opinion of some of the CEOs of some very important companies. But when it comes to policy changes, like putting the shareholders at the bottom of your priority list, CEO can't do that without the permission and support of the board of directors. And they didn't go to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is even more interesting. Most businesses in the United States are uh, incorporated in the state of Delaware. And Delaware has very good laws, uh, business laws, but they're either balanced or maybe tilt a little bit towards the business instead of the individuals and the customers. So the businesses are incorporated in Delaware. And one of the 
in one of the Delaware laws, it says very explicitly, um, the purpose of the board of directors is to ensure that the shareholders get the maximum return of their investment. Okay, so now we have something that says, well, the shareholders don't come first. And the chairman of the boards didn't really get a chance to vote on it. And even if they did, they were legally prevented from carrying out that wish. Mm -hmm. So what's happened is now this has become, instead of it becoming something that would eventually be incorporated into uh, the financial accounting standards and things like that, it now becomes a direction and it, it's up to the strength and wills of the CEOs to make the compelling arguments with their boards that by taking care of the employees and our customers and, and the supply chains and the world, that's the only way we're going to maximize the, the return that our shareholders are going to get from their investment. By not by ignoring any of these on the list, we are going to suboptimize their return. Mm -hmm. And then once the, the board agrees that, then you know, to that kind of a argument, then it's okay, it's okay to move forward. But boards don't, don't really want to make these fundamental changes because they're employ employed by and elected by the shareholders who you are now saying, yeah. yeah, you'll get yours eventually. Yeah, there's a bit of an inner conflict, I guess, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we want to talk about customer value, right? Right. Uh, and this is definitely part of it. Uh, but maybe before we go down to the details and, uh, and really uh, uh, dive deep, we should probably define what customer value means. And if you don't mind, I found, I think, a really good definition on your website. Oh, I, uh, I agree. It's really good. <laughs> I thought so, since, since you're the author, right? Uh, right. The, the way you describe customer value is it's uh, the tangible and or experiential net improvements to customer outcomes resulting from using or owning the supplier's products and or services compared to alternatives. Could you maybe elaborate a little bit on that? Um, yeah. to explain it in more detail. Yeah, yeah. How about in smaller words too, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So, if you think about it, uh, tangible out, tangible benefits are things like uh, increased production, charge more, have less returns, lower overhead. All the thing, all the decisions you take and the actions you take that create benefits for your customers. So that's the tangible ones. Then you have the, the intangible, the exper experiential ones. That's about the experiences they, that they uh, participate in. So if you are a hardware manufacturer and you sell product, you will typically offer a, a warranty and then follow that up with a service contract. And there's some tangible benefits in that, but there's also the experiential ones of peace of mind. I mean, you know, you, you buy the water service contracts, you know, if there's a problem, I'm going to call Yvonne 
and I know him. I know his phone number. I, I can yell at him if I have to, but I, he will take care of me. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the peace of mind piece. You know, there are other things that. Uh, another example is years ago I was doing some consulting work for a you know, large manufacturing company, and they wanted to know where they could use a robot in their manufacturing plants because robots were really brand new. And after I looked, and I knew it's a giant plant, after I looked all over, I finally found one location where they could use one robot. And I, and I was talking to one of the senior employees of the company, and I said, what's really going on here? He said, ah, oh, when the president of the division goes and plays golf with his friends, he's the only one that doesn't have a robot. <laughs> all, all, the, all the other guys have a robot, and he was jealous. So he wants to put a robot in his plant, but it has to do some, create some value. So, yeah, they found a way. They found a way, but that's that's the 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 experiential side of things. You know, it's not the financial; it's the experiential thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that one. And then when you look at the the costs, and 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 both of these types of benefits have to be quantified in dollars, just like the costs are, and you subtract the two. And if it comes out a positive, then that's a good that's a good outcome. And negative, you pass. But then you have to look at the, the last phrase in there is compared to all alternatives. Mm-hmm. And this one's tricky because the day you make a decision, you, you've you know, you've really done your Google searches, you've done all the diligence, and then the next day you put, you sign the contract, and the next day somebody else comes out with a newer product that blows everything else out of the water. So it's, it's really the best knowledge you have at the time, but it also says that when you're making these kind of big decisions, you really should be continuously monitoring what's going on and what new alternatives might have surfaced because you may want to bite the boat and say, ah, I got a better one now and get rid of the old one or, or if, if you are the manufacturer, you certainly want to know what your com- competition is doing mm-hmm. and who your competitors now really are because they change all the time. The landscape changes, yeah. The market yeah, right. evolves, exactly. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, thanks a lot for, for explaining it in, in more details. I think that's very helpful. So I have the big question. You ready? <laughs> okay. How do we create customer value? Ah, easy one, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's very easy to explain and a little harder to to implement well. Mm-hmm. But the the way you create customer value is you spend the time with the the prospects and with the customers and try to understand what they're trying to accomplish. And as we said, it could be uh, uh, transactional. I want to increase my production output, or it could be emotional. I want to put one. I want to be able to to smile and play golf with my friends and talk about my robot. But 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 it, it it turns out that in most business cases, if you talk to fifteen or twenty people, you will get 
enough information to identify somewhere between 75 and 150 individual outcomes that the people are trying to achieve. And, 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 and with only talking to 15 people, and people have multiple uh, outcomes they're trying to achieve. So you've got to really spend the time, listen more than you talk, and find out what people are trying to do. Ideally, you watch them doing whatever they're doing now to see what they're doing automatically that they don't want to lose, but they don't remember they're doing it even. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing is, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And then how can we help you? But it's always start at the end. What are you trying to accomplish? How will you measure the success of using what I'm selling if you bought it? And, and then it's, okay, how do, how do we pr- propose to solve your problem? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the two-step process. But what happens in a lot of tech companies, especially, is they create the latest whiz-bang, and then they try to sell it, and that means they are running around trying to create a, a market for their product instead of trying to create products that are, have unsatisfied markets. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, really, that's really the process, two steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that I'm so smart, I was just spending a lot of time on your blogs. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in one of your blogs, I found kind of I think what we could use as a as a main description of how you create the customer value. And it seems like it starts a lot with the customer experience, right? So you're trying to create great customer experience that has a lot of steps and a lot of categories where you, as you described, interact with the customer on a regular basis, try to understand what they're doing, what their pains are, what their needs are, requirements, and try to address them um, in the best possible way. And eventually working with your customers on innovations and new versions of the products and services you deliver or even brand new ones right 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 but but yeah it's the the reason that customer experience is um, so all compelling and, and universal is because especially these days people that are making decisions as individuals not as the the, the fiduciary representative of the company, they want to minimize their risks. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, uh, be, say 10 years ago, the, uh, the hiring process changed. And up to 10 years ago, you used to get stacks of resumes, you know, real paper that you had to read. And people that read them, their first pass was always designed to eliminate a, a candidate. They, they weren't looking to find the few good ones. They were looking to weed out all the ones they didn't want first, mm-hmm. just to make sure they, they don't make mistakes and don't take risks. And so, so the way that the individuals in the business interact with the customers foretells the way, during the sales process especially, it just foretells the way that everybody's going to behave later on. And and if the, there's enough of a, an indication that the behavior 
will be uncomfortable and unpleasant instead of getting these experiential bonus points you know for for value creation people perceive that as you're going to destroy value as long as we're working together and i just don't want to do that and and that's the end of the, the show mm -hmm. so yeah. Uh, yeah so it's all it, the customer experience is is really everything and uh it it's if you look at a brand the, the the brand is the sum of all the customer experiences all the experiences a customer has with your company that's what a brand really is mm -hmm. and, and so you may as well do it right from the beginning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that brings me to probably the last topic i thought we should we should definitely mention today and that's the results or benefits right so what can i expect right as a benefit from investing my energy and time and resources into building customer value and great customer experiences okay so the re the relationship with the customer the company and the customer don't end when the product ships or when it gets installed or when it's used it's a it, the ideal relationship goes on for infinity and ideally and so the benefits some of the some of the short-term benefits are easy to quantify you know i bought the machine to increase my output from output from 25 shirts in a minute to 30. well it did 31 that's great and and, and that's a but the other other things that happen and 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 the way i look at it you businesses should try to be perceived by their customers as partners <laughs> not vendors vendors are just impersonal impersonal you know you walk up to the counter and you, you i need to buy a you know, quarter 20 screw buy my screw thanks and you go but if you have a relationship with the people then there's really two back and forth communication lots of trust. And one of the things, since I, I'm in the service side, one of the things that I found more often than I like to talk about was that when you have a good relationship with your customers and somebody messes up, they cut you slack. You know, they, they say, okay, you know, for the, for the last three years, you guys have been flawless. You messed up one time just getting you know, go get me back on track and let's move on and we and it's you forget about it mm -hmm. it's things like that that happen and and that's that's really the long-term benefit of of the value creation process it's just you know, you're there for them they're there for you when you're talking about it you're thinking about a new product you go to them what would you like what about this now that's garbage i don't need that but i need this that that's that two-way back and forth that comes from trust and trust comes from delivering the value you promised mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like it a lot and you know as you were talking about these different topics and ideas related to customer value i think one or one thing really resonates um and that's it's i think it's so universally applicable across so many different industries and businesses because end of the day it's about creating a great relationship with the customer right 
absolutely. Absolutely. If if you didn't have good relationships and people didn't think very well, highly about your brand, every one of us would drive the same car. But we don't. But I know you don't like the German cars that much. Well, they're over-engineered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that conversation. We yeah, had. yeah, they, they too many small parts. True, but 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 that's what it is. It's yeah, people make decisions all the time on what they should buy and what they should recommend, and you always want to be in the seen in the best light possible, and that's. Just deliver the value you keep promising. Mm -hmm. Excellent, Sam. I think that's a great, uh, great ending to, to this episode. Uh, and I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk a little bit more about the customer value and customer experience and how to create it. Uh, before we sign off, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, first of all, thank you. I, I also enjoy talking with you. You ask such good questions. Uh, you, know, you can get in touch with me either at uh, email at sam at middlesexconsulting.com or go on my website, middlesexconsulting.com or call me at, in, in, uh, in US 774-217-4247. like to hear from you. Excellent. Thank you, Sam. And thank I look you. forward to our next episode. Um, me too. Thanks, Yvonne. Have a great day. And thank you, everybody, who stayed with us until this point. Bye.